Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 45 for Wednesday, March 21st, 2018. Welcome to the show, everybody. I appreciate you guys being here. Welcome, listeners. Uh, I got a new sponsor this week that quickly fizzled out, and I will tell you guys about that later on. I saw some movies and some shows, got some new whiskeys and glasses, the, the promo gigs, you know, and I'll, uh, and I'll read your emails later on. We got a lot of stuff to talk about in this episode. And, uh, kicking it right off, I'm going to say that as the last episode of the podcast was recorded, I went out to meet uh, someone on Kijiji. You guys know my love hate relationship with Kijiji. I love putting stuff out on Kijiji. I hate dealing with the people who respond to it. You know what I mean? Sometimes not every fish that bites the line is one you want to reel in. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it just, uh, fucking nibble at your worm, you know, and they got to put a new worm on there. You don't have to do that in Kijiji, but you know what I'm saying? They nibble at your resources. And for me, my resource Ain't, uh, ain't worms. It's time, you know? So, uh, this guy here, I think this has a happy ending. I think it does. Cause, uh, you know, I actually went out to meet this guy. I had to work at uh, the mobile shop. One of my, my last remaining shifts at the mobile shop. Um, I went out, uh, I went out to college square. I told the guy, here's the thing. It's right next to Algonquin college. I told the guy, let's meet at the Starbucks. All right. At college square, three o'clock, right? That one, two, three. And he said, uh, sure, let's do it. Makes perfect sense. He goes to Algonquin. He has class of four. I had work at four. Perfect. Right? Perfect. So uh, I decided, uh, you know, I went out, I strolled out that way, grabbed my shit, <clears throat> headed on out to that there. And uh, I was there at three o'clock. I think it was there like 3.03, right? So I messaged the guy. I said, hey, man, I'm a couple minutes behind. And I apologize, but I'm here. Let's do this. He responds to me. Hey, just running a little late. I'll be there soon. I was like, okay. So I sat in Starbucks, you know, about 20 after I, I sent him a message saying, Hey man, um, I gotta, I gotta leave for work in 10 minutes at three 30, you know, if I don't see a, let's do this, you know, you know, let's, 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 you know, do it another time or whatever. I, I think I just said I had to leave at three 30, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry guys. I'm a little, um, I've been fighting a cold all week. I was hoping to address that later in the show, but, uh, I've been fighting a sore throat and cough all week that I hope doesn't build up too much in this podcast. I'm worried that the more I talk them, the, the drier and hoarser I'm going to get, but we will see that as it comes. Anyways, sitting there waiting for this guy's 20 after three, which I think we can all understand and agree is late. If you're meeting for a business transaction, yeah, it's 20 minutes is, uh, is real late. So, uh, I sent a message 20 after said, Hey man, I got to leave at three 30. I got to go to work. And he goes, don't worry. I'll be there before then. So I think at like 26 after he's like, all right, I'm in the Starbucks and I was sitting right at the front door, right? Nobody, nobody walked in and he goes, I'm in the Starbucks and wearing gray, this and that. I go, he goes, what, uh, what are you wearing? And I go, I'm in a blue hoodie and I've been at this, you know, I've been sitting at the front door for the last 10 minutes. And no one's come in, you know? And he goes, I go, are you at the call, the, the Starbucks at college square? And he goes, yeah. And I go, you know, that college square is the mall across the street from the college, not in the college itself. He's like, oh, they go, all right, we'll do this another time. <clears throat> Cause at this point I don't have time to drive over into the college, find paid parking and then run inside the building. So I said, look, we'll do this another time. And I dipped. So obviously understandably frustrated. Luckily it wasn't too far out of my way from work and I was already out of the house. Now, again, nobody likes going out to do things to get dicked around. So I had a, I had a fine shift in the mobile shop <clears throat> and that was the rest of my day pre podcast lunch last week. Um, Wednesday. 
Groovy day. I uh, had a very groovy day. I had to tell you guys, I was really, I think I told you last week, but I was really worried because I had a doctor's appointment on Wednesday afternoon and I had an interview with uh, Zoe Rabnett, who is the director of festival talent and planning. Uh, we were still not agreeing her and I <laughs> on uh, not, not the two of us disagreeing. Sorry. That sounds like I didn't agree with her title. I was asking her what her title was and what she told me was different than the signature on her email. And it was all, she's like, you know what? It changes all the freaking time in terms of just how the words are oriented in the, uh, the title. Anyways, regardless, direct, uh, director of festival, director of talent and festival planning, uh, Zoe Rabnett uh, for the just for last festival. So anybody who's booked anywhere in the world, shy of the United States to do just for laughs in any of his capacity, Zoe is the one who books that. So, um, <clears throat> really looking forward to, uh, to, to have had, a, you know, at the time I was really looking forward to having that chat with her and just ask her questions about the festival and her involvement and her love of comedy and everything like that. Because Zoe, while she's always been super, super nice has, has been very intimidating to me because she uh, is a bit like Caesar in the fact that, you know, she decides whether you do the festival or not. And I'm going to add this little bonus here because, um, Again, wonderful person. I've, I haven't got anything negative to say whatsoever, and I hope this doesn't paint that in the light. It's also, I think, her concern too. Regardless, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Is when Zoe and I were talking while I was setting up to do the interview, I went to her hotel. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> went to meet her at her hotel uh, downtown, and uh, as I was setting up, um, she was talking, just saying. I was telling her how, like, you know, I'm still a, f you know, I'm I'm always completely honest with Zoe too. I'm always just like, I'm like, you scare the hell out of me. And it's not because you've ever been mean or intimidating. It's just that, you know, the, the office that you hold of like, you know, being that person who decides, you know, she's like, yeah, I've been called like a gatekeeper before. And I really don't like that term because, um, it implies that, you know, I, I want to keep people out. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, I, you know, I, at the same time, I'm not going to sit here before we've even started talking and disagree with her. But the truth is, if you're the one, if you're making the decisions at the end of the day, it doesn't have to necessarily be an ugly thing. Like I get the whole idea that like as a gatekeeper, it looks like you want to keep people out. But at the same time, if you are the one who lets them in, you know, if you're the only one who can let them in, I can see where people get that, that title, you know, you're the gatekeeper because you, you're, you're in, you're the one who decides in or out. But, um, but regardless, whatever, we were having that chat. So because of her center, I was just like, I'm, <laughs> I'm as intimidated because, um, while I have done just for laughs 42, uh, festival in Toronto, I have never done the just for laughs festival in Montreal. And it, uh, it's something that's very important to me. Um, you know, a uh, very important credit for my comedy resume. Um, you guys can listen to the interview with, with Zoe. It did come out, um, last Friday, <clears throat> excuse me. And as I'll, I'll always get to that, but I was having sort of a really weird emotional day in the sense that I was, uh, going to, to meet with Zoe, do a podcast. And then I had my doctor's appointment. And for some reason, I just had a horrible feeling that my doctor's appointment was not going to go well. Now I, I know that I did some tests in December. I hadn't heard back. So usually that's a good sign in the sense that if something <clears throat> bad comes on a result of a test, you know, they, they usually tell you relatively quick, but I just always have this horrible feeling that like, I'm the one that's like, oh shit, your thing got put at the bottom, you know, bottom of the pile. I didn't find it till last week. And I figured since you're coming in right now, anyways, like, I was just like, oh, fuck. like, I just, I'm always good at talking myself into worst case scenario. <clears throat> so, excuse me. Mm, horrible. One sec. I'm so sorry. Part of being sick is sometimes you got inexplicable goo <laughs> that wants to come out of you at inopportune times. All right. Hopefully that's the last little bit for a while. But, uh, 
anyways, I just, I, I was, I was dreading the doctor's appointment. I was even sitting there chatting with Zoe saying that like, I'm like, it's a weird day in the sense that I go, you're the person who's capable of giving me the absolute best news. And I go, I'm going to see the person after you who's capable of giving me the absolute worst news. Um, <laughs> so just an interesting, uh, interesting day at that point. I, uh, I also, but I, I, I had a fun Here's the thing. I, I called my doctor's office because when I was done the interview with Zoe, it was so close to my appointment. I called them to say I was going to be a little bit late. They're like, yeah, if you're more than five minutes late, it's not worth it. But I got lucky and I rescheduled it for uh, just an hour or so later. So I got lucky, got to tear down, bring my stuff home, head to the doctor's appointment. And and the doctor's appointment, I can tell you guys, I'm sitting there in the, the, the waiting room, my legs shaking, my hands, I'm so nervous. And then when I saw him, I'm like, I'm just so anxious today. I'm terrified. You're going to be terrible news. He's like, no, dude, like everything's good. And like, every year good. Um, in talking with him, he said that my diabetes, um, level since the test that I took in, in, I think early January or whatever is dropped back down below diabetic level. So my blood's good. My liver and pancreas are actually doing better than they were pre previously based on the blood work. Um, and I don't have fat necrosis. So that's a good thing. Question mark in terms of where I'm at, because he was saying that like, I may have aggravated an injury a long time ago and it's causing me pain. And because when it causes me pain, I tend to focus on it. I'm capable of making it more than what it is. He's not saying that there's nothing there, but he's like, you know, you might need to strengthen the area. So this all comes back down to losing the weight stuff. Big surprise. So that's the new focus, right? So um, I, uh, I feel good about the, the diabetes and the, the liver stuff. Like basically I, like a lot of my issues all come back down to losing the weight. So I'm in a good position. That's got to be my focus. He's like, you know, we'll just check you again in two months. We'll do the blood work again in four or five months. So as it stands right now, just take care of myself should be the main mantra that I'm having is, is just work on losing the weight, work on losing the weight, gym, eating right, gym, eating right, rinse, repeat. So that's, that's some good news, health stuff looking optimistic in a very good way. So, um, thank you for everyone who's been sending, sending love and support along the way. Um, I got, uh, you know, I feel like I've like, Oh, I've made it. I just was such a, so, so much panic about things getting worse and, and whatnot and having all these horrible avenues to go down. But regardless, no, it's just the horrible avenue of having to go to the gym and eat salad. Um, which don't, don't get it twisted. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> You people out there living good, clean lives, you are missing out. All right. Or, or are you, it's one of those things you want to be here for a short time and enjoy it or a long time and loathe it. But regardless, and I'm just fucking around. You guys have, you, you, you fucking herbivores. All right. You guys are having a good time too. Right. With your salad. You're like, I can't believe how fresh these beets are. <laughs> um, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, I, I went home from that and I think I, I was messaging a, a buddy of mine, Aaron Guthrie. He was actually, uh, Aaron's a good friend of mine in the sense that, uh, him and I met at good life. He was the, uh, assistant manager of a good life that I went to uh, a couple years back. Uh, we became friends. He's a listener of the podcast and, um, yeah, just, uh, just a, a good dude. And, uh, I think, uh, I was chatting with him and we've been trying to believe it or not get together since December. I, I went in to see him at good life the last time I was, uh, was there <laughs> in December, <laughs> but, uh, I just started shooting the shit via text. We've been trying to find a time with both works. And I think Wednesday night I was off. I just was like, Hey dude, you want to get together, you know, do some shit. And he was like, yeah, my girlfriend, my girl and I are really kind of into board games. I was like, buddy, green light. So I, I brought some games. Um, 
We went over to his place in the Quebec side. I parked on the street and I'll get back to that later because it's been snowing. All right. So anyone in Ontario knows exactly what that means. So, um, yeah, I went over to his place. Uh, his buddy, uh, uh, Andrew was there. We hung out, uh, his, his, uh, lady Hillary was there as well. So it's kind of cool. It was four of us brought some games, played games, had d- drinks. Oh yes, we did. Um, taking that doctor's advice to heart immediately. All right, Josh, I'd keep it to about one drink a day if possible. All right. Sounds good. Or spread an entire week's worth of drinking into one night and then totally forgot I did it and do it the next day. I'm an idiot. Um, it's not that bad. I'm just joking. I just, we had, I, I had a couple glasses of wine. So I, uh, I'd, I'd be lying if I was like, Hey, I was just celebrating. Cause people will tell themselves shit like that and then just keep doing it for some reason. Right. So. Um, I drank that night. I drank with my friends. I was feeling good about my, my doctor's diagnosis, but I got to obviously keep it under control because I've done tests for years and and been told, Hey, you don't have diabetes. You don't have high blood pressure. You don't have cholesterol, you know, and no one tell me I have fatty pancreas or liver. Right. So you just, oh, I'm doing fine. You keep fucking around. And then all of a sudden, no, oh, you got diabetes and fatty, all that shit. Right. So it's, it's on the downswing from, from the last time I was tested. Great. Let's keep working in that direction. That's all I got to just, sorry, this is more about telling myself than you guys, but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah, we went to his place, uh, games and drinks late into the night, played several games, like just lots of different fun stuff. We had a good time. And, uh, and then everyone started to get a little, uh, little drunk. Uh, a couple of my, uh, my friend Aaron's kids, uh, woke up in the middle of the night cause we were a bit loud. And, uh, and then I think he went into, uh, to put them back to sleep. He may have passed it there. His lady went to check on him at one point. She never came back. Andrew and I passed out on the couches. And then I woke up at like four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, went up to my car. Uh, and because it had been snowing, I got a parking ticket. So, uh, that was, uh, it was a fun evening, a $55 expensive evening. Uh, from the parking ticket, but I had a good time. No regrets, man. No regrets. I fucking hate parking tickets. Nobody likes them, but the idea is like 50, it was $53 because I was parked on the street. And the funny thing was I parked in like the side of uh, Aaron's place and it looks like there's like a little parking lot, but there was no like labeled spots. So it wasn't like, let's put it this way. It's next to a three apartment house. There's nine parking spots there. So clearly some of them got to be visitors or something. It doesn't make sense. That they have all these parking spots, right? But they're not labeled. So when I asked Andrew, when I got there, I was like, Hey man, should I, should I park? Like, am I good to park here on the side? And he was just like, uh, I parked on the street. You're probably better there. And I didn't, I didn't want to piss anybody off or, or have my car get towed or whatever. So I'm like, I'll just park on the street. It's not that bad. You can park legally on the street. Fuck. Anyways. So went out at five o'clock in the morning, $53 ticket. I, I was going to f- fight it only in the sense that like, if you go in and plead your case, sometimes they'll cut it in half, but getting back to that whole currency thing, time being one of them, I'm like, you know what, since it's here on the Quebec side, it's going to, I'm going to have to come during the day, which means I got to fuck around with the rush hour traffic. And then I got to park again. I have horrible luck parking. You guys remember this. I told you guys about this when I was doing the Airbnb in Montreal. I told you that at fucking province, I swear to God. I put my car anywhere on the street in that province and I usually get a parking ticket. So yeah, I dodged the bullet in Montreal, but it fucking, it caught up to me. It's like final destination bullshit. Ah, you think, you think you got away with it? It's coming for you. It's going to fucking get you. And when you least expect it, and that's when I least expected it. So I got a parking ticket. Anyways, Thursday, I, uh, I did like minor meal prepish at home. Nothing super fancy, but just, uh, I got some salad from, uh, from Costco a really nice, like zesty tortilla salad kind of stuff, which is just covered in sauce and salsa and, uh, like a vegetarian tempeh kind of thing, but it was delicious. 
It's delicious. Lots of cabbage and lettuce in it too. It was a good, uh, it was a good meal. I had a good time. Um, I can't remember what tasting I did for LCBO on Thursday. I wonder, maybe give a, give a little plug for you guys. It is dangerous. Oh, it's funny. My head's barely turned, but it's, it's what a difference it makes just not being pointed at the microphone itself. So Thursday would have been, oh, I did Bailey's. Yeah, that was uh, a fun, interesting drink. Why not give them a little plug? I did a Bailey's Almond, A-L-M-O-N-D-E tasting. Uh, it's for a new Bailey's a drink that's uh, almond flavor, but it's made with almond milk. So it is uh, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free. So if you have like any intolerances or anything like that, and you still want to drink something kind of nice, it's not bad. People put it in smoothies because it's made with almond milk. Um, I think it's 13, 13% alcohol as opposed to the usual 17 that Bailey's is. So, uh, yeah, it was nice, nice little tasting, you know, not a, not a lot of people like, lo I loved it. I'm trying not to shit on them, but at the end of the day, it's a very mild tasting, uh, liqueur. So I would just say, uh, if you happen to be gluten free or, and dairy intolerant, that kind of thing, um, it is a liqueur that you can drink with absolutely no um, negative effects because it's made with almond milk. So dairy-free, gluten-free, it's effectively vegan because of that. So, um, check that out. That's what I did on Thursday. That was, uh, that was a fun tasting. It wasn't anything super exciting. You know, like I said, uh, I don't know. I didn't, I, I'm starting to get into scotches and stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to fuck around with, uh, you know, the fucking Bailey's. Almond, almond milk with a little, with a little sweetness to it. Anyways. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had a good time. I went, uh, I came home. I, it's funny cause like Thursday night is sort of turning into a games night here at the house. So, you know, without making every fucking story about playing board games, I am loving how many times a week I get to just sit around with friends, good people having conversations. You know what I'm loving about it is the social aspect. All right. I go to bed alone every night now. Okay. And it feels good to be around people, um, especially when you're drinking, you know, so that's two nights in a row I was drinking, but it was getting close to St. Patty's day. So, you know, I was, uh, I was feeling the Irish Of course. I gotta say being in LCBOs all the time, liquor stores, for those who don't know what an LCBO is, um, it's hard, it's hard to not want to drink when you're around it for four hours and you're, you know, and you're, you're tasting and you're giving away tastings and you're seeing all the sales and the good deal. I'm a sucker for a deal, but, uh. Anyways, yeah, so I, I got myself some, uh, you know, some Guinness and some uh, Smithix and all that stuff. And then I came home and we uh, we played some games. Colin O'Brien, his lovely wife, Jason Lawrence, of course, owner of Absolute Comedy, my buddy. And uh, yeah, that was a good time. Friday, I, I, again, I don't know why I have to label it through the week, but I do I do a lot of stuff. Just trying to tell you guys the, the fucking highlights, you know? Friday, I did an LCBO promo. Um, it was way the hell out in... Uh, in the east end of town. It was for Crown Royal Blender Select. It's a special limited edition uh, Crown Royal that's made entirely for Ontario. All right. It's won some awards from the Globe and Mail. So if you're Canadian and you enjoy a Crown Royal, know that there is a special edition out there called Blender Select. Uh, very, very tasty. Um, so much so that uh, Simon and I actually decided to go half and half on a bottle. Simon, my roommate, um, he is a big crown Royal fan. I was telling him about this from the tastings and he was like, I'll go half on a bottle with you if you want. So when Simon and I sit around and play games, we've decided we now have a communal bottle that we will, that we will drink from. <laughs> uh, I picked that up, I think yesterday, but yeah, very, very excited to try the, uh, you know, 
drink some of the blender select them. I've tried it. It's actually quite tasty. So if you're a crown Royal fan, uh, definitely, definitely look into checking that out a little on the pricier side. It's $55 a bottle, but it is special limited edition only for Ontario, uh, residents and only available at the LCBO. So yeah, that's a fun thing. Um, again, Saturday, I did a quick little stop at the mobile shop afterwards. Oh, am I talking Scott? Nah, I'm talking Friday. What the hell's wrong with me? I'm talking about Friday. Cause I did, I did one on St. Patty's day too, guys. That's all I do. I'm a, I'm a booze slinging bastard now. Um, I bought another bottle of scotch. Um, the scotch collection is getting a little bit better. I bought a, uh, Glen Morangi. What the fuck is it called? I'm an idiot. I'm like, I'm going to talk about this. I got a new scotch. I'm like, I'm not going to forget the name. It has one that's difficult to, uh, to, to remember. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. You guys get to hear me Google things. Oh, yeah, let's do this. Oh, oh, is it the first one? Did I get lucky? Oh, I thought I got lucky that, that for some reason Google was going to give me the one kind that I need. So let's see if we can pull it up here real quick on the phone. Maybe sing, maybe it'll be mildly entertaining. If I make noise into the microphone, it only brought up one. I had only brought up one. So would you please come on, come on, come on, come on. It's in a black box and it's uh, aged in, uh, what was it called? It's aged in, uh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. What's not that port port casks. Cause one of them sherry, I'm, I'm learning a lot about it. And we're going to talk about scotches a little bit later on, but, uh, there's a, uh, there's a Glen Morangi that's, that's aged in sherry casks. Oh, for Christ's sake, I'm just going to stand up one sec. Make a noise about the fucking podcast listeners. It's called Glen Morangi Quinta Ruban. There we are. Quinta Ruban. I should have just done this in the first place. Son of a bitch. Glen Morangi Quinta Ruban. It is a, uh, a lovely scotch, uh, big old price tag on that one. I got it because at uh, every time I'm in one of these LCBOs, they're single malt scotch collections and fancier scotch collections are all different. So there's not always the same. Yeah. That's what different means, Josh. So there's not always the same ones in every location. I like being redundant. Um, there's a, uh, yeah, I'll take a peek at each one of these sections and see what they have, but a lot of them, you know, have different, um, of the more expensive ones. So I'll take a peek around this one. Of course, I hadn't seen this one in any of the LCBOs that I'd worked in the last month. And I, uh, I also noticed that it was the last one. And when I saw the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The, the fact that it was aged in port casks because port is a sweeter wine, right? And I tend to like my, my whiskeys with a little sweeter finish versus the PD smokiers finishes. Um, so I was like, well, that looks good. And then I take it out of the, the box in the store and I saw how like dark the coloring was and, uh, and it just like the darker, the color, usually the sweeter it is. However, something I read recently is that there's actually coloring that's added to some scotches, which seems sneaky, right? You should, the color should be a representation of what's actually in it. Not, not some fake shit, but more on that later. So I bought myself the Quinta Ruban scotch. Very, very excited. I also bought myself uh, a set of, um, what do you call it? Whiskey stones. So for anyone who's not familiar with these, if you, if you enjoy drinking fine spirits, but, uh, you know, you don't like ice in them because it ruins the flavor. Well, there's an option. And again, I'm sure anyone who's actually interested in this fact probably already knows about this, but you can actually buy whiskey stones or, or spirit stones. And, um, 
<laughs> I'm sure actually if you type in spirit stones, you're probably gonna get a bunch of Wiccan sites first. <laughs> a bunch of crazy bitches dancing around in the fucking woods around a fire <laughs> holding weird rocks. <laughs> I really think that that's what you would get if you typed in spirit stones, but spirits meaning alcohol. You're going to get a lot more luck if you type in whiskey stones. Regardless, these are stones that you put in the freezer and they will actually hold colder temperature, right? But the idea is you put them in your drinks and because of the fact that stones don't melt and dilute your beverage, they make it cold without ruining it. So I bought myself a set of those. I think I bought, I bought some previously at uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, but they're really like very, very square shaped. Um, like, like to a, to a fault in the sense that they're very, very like sharp edges. So instead of being like rounded edges, you know, you sharp edges, very, very, you know, tight cut corners. And so the point is like all the, the edges and the corners of them are all, uh, dangerous when you're drinking out of a crystal glass. So to lift it up and have one of those fall and whack the side of the glass, you're going to cause some damage. So I got some ones with some nice rounded, new set, nice rounded edges, uh, diamond shape. So they actually move differently in the, in the glass to, to prevent from stacking and then falling. Um, you know, it's all very important science when you're being a pretentious cocksucker. Um, you gotta know what they are. So, um, I got myself a set of those bad boys and, uh, I also ordered, um, well, I did that on, on Friday. I also ordered, uh, some glasses. I, I was having a conversation with the, uh, one of the gentlemen that, that worked at the LCBO, uh, that same night I bought that scotch, which is probably what put the fucking idea in my head. We were having a big, big conversation about different scotches and what we like and the tastes and stuff. And he was saying how he, you know, young guy, young guy, I would say mid twenties maximum, but he's saying how his, his uncle first made him try a scotch. Um, <laughs> and then I made several jokes about what else did his uncle make him try. <laughs> but, uh, we had a conversation about, uh, about different scotches and he was making recommendations to me. And then he asked me if I had any glassware and I know that, um, you know, I enjoy drinking scotch out of a proper glass. I'm not looking to, to drink out of a fucking, you know, styrofoam cup or something, but I had some, just some regular glasses here at the house that I thought were okay. And he was ma making mention that the glass that you drink out of has a, a very big effect on how the scotch, um, you know, I don't want to say releases alcohol, but how the alcohol notes come in comparison to the notes of the actual beverage. Um, you know, uh, the shaping of the glass, you know, your hand warming it up, which is of course the effect of the stones, lots of different things. So he had suggested that I invest in some proper whiskey glasses and made a few suggestions of places to go. Well, I went to my favorite place to go as of late, which is the internet, right? Cause why go to a store, look around, they don't have what you want. I think that night I actually went to uh, Canadian tire and I bought a set of uh, pint glasses because we're running dangerously low on them in the house. People keep breaking them. So I bought a, like a clearance set of pint glasses, six large pint glasses from Canadian Tire for nine bucks. It was fucking amazing. Um, and then I went and uh, I poked around their section. I got a nice set of crystal glasses for the, for the whiskey, just temporarily, even just if it's just for mix. And then I, uh, and then I started uh, perusing the internet and I found a, an amazing set of glasses. And uh, I'm actually in the process... I sent them a, a message tonight because I just, just received them today prior to recording this podcast. It is of course, Tuesday evening. And, uh, I, I don't, um, let's put it this way. I'm going to put, I'm going to post it on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Um, just, I think I might actually, you know what? I might just do Instagram, uh, Facebook and Twitter another time. Cause I'm in the process uh, of talking to them. I would love for them to send me a, a larger quantity of these. Cause they are quite expensive, 
but uh, you look for them. I'll post it on Instagram so you can see it there and I'll tag them in it. But anything else is a little more advertisement. I want to give them before hearing back from them, right? If I'm giving them all this advertisement for free, um, then, but I'll, I'll, I'll go into detail on them once they become a sponsor. Oh man, I will talk about these. And of course, any of you guys that message me, uh, you know, on another, another Avenue, I'll answer, I'll tell you about them, but they're wicked cool. They were originally launched on Kickstarter two years ago. And, uh, the, in the, the engineering and the ingenuity and what they bring to the table in terms of tasting, uh, a fine spirit or something like that is absolutely incredible. I've learned a lot just researching this. So I got them. Uh, I haven't even opened them yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, but yeah, talk more about that later. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I started getting sick. So Saturday, St. Patty's day. I hope you guys had a, a wonderful St. Patrick's day. I started the day off by doing an LCBO promo for, uh, Wolfhead again. So the coffee liqueur, very, very tasty stuff. Um, I'm working on a bottle of the Cavi, which is made at the Wolfhead Distillery. Uh, Wolfhead's a great liqueur, guys. It's cold brewed coffee mixed with Canadian whiskey, right? So rye, uh, we were making old fashions with them. So orange bitters, orange rimmed glasses, you know, a little bit of orange peel in the drink itself. Delicious. Um, so that's what I was making on Saturday. I had a great time doing that as always. Just love and chat with people. Um, I had to work the mobile shop immediately afterwards. Again, no issue whatsoever. Had a great afternoon there. Um, I had, uh, it's funny. I did, uh, actually, was it that night that I bought? The, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The idea is I bought glasses last week, uh, both at Canadian tire and on the, the interweb, the interweb. Uh, I did some meal prep too on Saturday night though. I don't know why I'm having a hard time remembering what it was. I think it was just some of the, uh, the simple enough. Uh, I've started doing stuff guys with just like, really simple chickens, but I bought all these, um, like East Indian sauces, uh, from Costco. So like a Rogan Josh and a Tiki Masala, whatever. And the idea is I have all these cans of chickpeas and I really, there's a lot of good stuff in chickpeas, obviously. And I'm trying to make it so that, I, you know, I'm, I'm reading more of them. Oh God, I'm on fire. I'm on fire. I don't know if you guys can hear the ambulances and whatnot right next to the hospital. So it happens occasionally. Occasionally you will hear the helicopters too, from them airlifting someone in or out of the hospital. All right. I get distracted easily. Um, I, uh, what the fuck was I talking? Oh, uh, the tiki masala and, uh, Rogan Josh. So I've got all these chick cans of chickpeas. I bought them, uh, when I was a little more adamant about the health, but I was like, Oh, I'll make some hummus or something. The idea is I just want all the, the good shit, the proteins and stuff that come from chickpeas. But the problem is I don't know what to do with them. I'm not going to make so much hummus, right? You got to add like the tahini and the, the olive oil. So you're getting a lot more bad stuff in there than, than you really need. Um, so at the end of the day, I was like, I need to make something with these chickpeas, but, uh, you know, I didn't know what to do with them, you know, and I didn't want to just make a bunch of hummus and then start ingesting carbs as I dip shit into them. Right. So. I decided I saw these sauces at Costco sampled what they were doing. They were actually just mixing straight up chickpeas into this Rogan Josh sauce and then pouring it on a bed of basmati rice. And I was like, oh, I can do that. That's fucking super easy. So I bought all these sauces and I did, uh, I actually ended up having a little bit of the last set of chicken that I'd prepped. Um, just, just regular chicken breasts cooked. So I did like a, one of the spicy butter chicken sauces. I know that's not super good for you, but I did the spicy butter chicken sauce, chopped up the chicken mixed in that and then laid it on top of a bit of basmati. Oh, it was a good. And then I had a few extra meals left over on the side. So I think right now, even though not all the meals I'm making are great, I'm just getting myself in the habit of actually prepping meals for other times. I steamed vegetables with it too, if that helps any. Doesn't, it's still bad for me. Whatever. 
whatever, feeling better, doing better things. I'm also doing like, uh, curls. Um, well, I'm, uh, I've got a, like a weight set that I've had only for like four years and never opened, but, uh, I had a little weight set in a box and, uh, you know, Paul, uh, from the writer's group had suggested just, you know, sitting around if you're going to sit and, and, and do nothing, which is not really what I do, but, um, he's like, if you're just going to sit and watch TV, he's like, you know, he's just sitting, you know, do curls as you're sitting there, just, just curl weights. You'll tone the muscle. You'll burn some fat. And I was like, not a, not a bad idea. So now I don't sit and, and, you know, do nothing and watch TV and do curls. Cause that's just never anything I've done. Um, I, I lay in bed. So as I'm laying in bed and watching something, trying to sleep, I'm doing the curls. I'm doing like, you know, what, I don't even know what to call them. But they're like fake bench presses where I'm just, I'm pushing the weights up towards bringing them back down, you know, uh, extending my arms out to the side and raising the weights up. So basically just, just doing what I can on my back with these weights to burn muscle and, uh, you know, do a little extra cardio and stuff before bed. So, um, yeah, it's probably waking me up too, getting the blood pumping, but regardless, I'm, I'm working on little things that I can do. All right. No excuses. I'm doing it. Little things. Very, very happy about that. Um, I got to do some fun stuff with, uh, with my mom on Sunday. As usual, I take her running around in errands. We decided to go for breakfast. Um, I had breakfast, a little, little, uh, place called Tutti Fruity. Nothing special. Just some, uh, stuff. I actually saw a friend of mine, um, who I bumped into earlier in the week doing the, uh, almond tasting, uh, my friend, Amanda, I, uh, I bumped into her, uh, she's a manager at, uh, the Tutti Frutti. So it's one of those things, I think when the neighbor, like in the universe where you don't see someone for, you know, years and then you bump into them a couple of times in a very short period of time. It's just, uh, it's very interesting, especially considering like I was way out in the middle of nowhere doing the, uh, the almond tasting. And then I bump into her a completely different section of the city. And that just happens to be her place of work. It was a very, uh, very interesting how that worked out, but it was good seeing her. I actually also ran into that same, oh fuck. I ran into my friend Tasha. As soon as I came in the door, Tasha Ford, who is an on again, off again, listener to the podcast. Um, I ran into her, so we had to catch up with her. My mom also knows her very, very well. So it was kind of nice for us to see her. Um, then I saw my friend Amanda and then I ran into, um, <laughs> I really am like the neighborhood dog. My mom calls me that. She's like, you're like the neighborhood dog. Fucking everybody knows you. Um, so I ran into, uh, Jess and man who used to be the, uh, originally from the Ottawa area. Um, they used to be the managers of the absolute comedy club in Toronto for years. And, uh, and just a few years back stopped doing that. So it was kind of fun to see them and their daughter, uh, out for breakfast. I just ran into them briefly. So yeah, it was cool. I was at a place for 40 minutes and I ran into three different people that I knew. So it was good. Uh, it was good breakfast. And following that immediately, I was meeting up with captain, uh, lates a lot on Kijiji. It's funny too, because before I, um, that guy who I was supposed to meet, who was in the wrong spot, I told him, well, I came in, um, you know, do me a favor. We'll try this again, but next time don't be 30 minutes late. I go, cause if you had been on time and you were at the wrong spot, I could, we had 30 minutes to get you over to the right, the right Starbucks, which is, you know, kind of two blocks away versus now I don't have time to come to you and, and, and do all this. I gotta get to work. So I gave him another chance. He agreed to meet up with me on Sunday at noon at a Tim Hortons, very close to where I picked my mom up. And, uh, you know, he actually was only 20 minutes late this time, but he did show. And then when he showed, he's like, can I give you an e-transfer? So we sat there, finished production. I've been chatting with this guy for all over a month now about getting this transaction done. So I'm glad it was a happy ending, but I really am not enjoying these Kijiji meetings, you know? I don't know how you guys do it. Do you guys, do you guys use Kijiji and do the meetings? Like, how do you, how do you do it? You know, like, how do you sell stuff? Is anybody using that Facebook marketplace? Like every time I click on it, I just see these things I'm not interested in. I don't see it. 
like I could just be looking at it wrong, but I don't see any options to click on something, you know, um, like categories, sorry, my complete brain fart there. Um, I don't see like how to narrow it down or anything like that. And the, and the idea that it's like Facebook, I'm like, am I looking at just my friend's stuff or am I looking at fucking everybody's stuff on Facebook? So, um, it's new to me and I've always got notifications on that little marketplace in the center. Every time I open Facebook, there's a little fucking one there that's, oh, you got new notifications from the marketplace. Like why? I didn't message anybody. I didn't show interest in anything. So I don't know. I'm just, I, I, uh, I enjoy e-commerce e in that regard that you can just sort of, you know, do a fucking garage sale all the time online, which I think is actually hurting, you know, garage sales. It could be wrong, but generally speaking, yeah, now if you have shit kicking around that you don't want it anymore, you don't have to keep it around. You can throw it on fucking Kijiji and get rid of it. Someone comes to you, they take it, usually pay you what you want for it. If you know how to, you know, strategize, does anyone have any strategies for that kind of stuff either? Mine is always, I always ask for more than what I actually want. Cause you know, no one's ever going to pay that price that you ask on Kijiji. If, if you get that, that price you ask for Occasionally that's, that's fucking great. But for the most part, someone's going to, would you take this or that? And my new strategy is I don't want to have to go anywhere to give anybody anything. So I'll knock it down by a little bit to what I actually want to get for it. But I always add, I'll, I'll give it for, to you for this, but you have to come to me. And usually that works. Um, except for this guy. So he paid full pop anyways. So got that done. It was a great day on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I took my mom grocery shopping. Then I came back and I did a bunch of nerdy ass board game stuff, uh, which I'll save you guys the, uh, the bullshit of having to hear, uh, Monday, I got to spend a lot of time at home. So I prepped some stuff for the podcast. I've been doing a lot of work on new sponsorship and stuff like that. And, uh, I will tell you about it. I went through a lot today, but, uh, but that was yesterday. So I spent some time at home. I watched a movie. Um, I actually been watching shows, so I guess I'll tell you guys about that. I watched a movie yesterday and then I went to work at the mobile shop in the evening and I really don't even remember what I did when I got home. I think I started cleaning up whatever, like the week has been good. I've kept myself busy, you know, doing lots of stuff. Um, you know, maybe spending a little more outside of that than I should, but you know, I'm, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm starting to develop some hobbies, you know, that are keeping me busy and whatnot. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to work on the, the prep stuff and the physical stuff, just getting myself used to the idea of spending some time, you know, doing, uh, doing meal prep and exercise and things like that. I'm, I'm looking for the weather to get nicer. Holy shit. Is it ever still fucking cold driving me bananas? I, I, it's funny. I got the thirst in my veins to get outside. Just outside is still so unwelcoming and everything's still frozen in my area. Like everything's slippery and whatnot. So just the idea of going out and even walking is like, I'm going to slip and fall and anyway, whatever, who cares? I'm just going bananas right now. Um, it, it's probably half bullshit excuses, but regardless, I'm not looking forward to being outside right now. It's not, not pleasant. So I'm spending time inside trying to make the most of it. Sorry. I'm just putting shit away. Um, today I'll tell you guys about today. All right. I, I went to the mobile shop last night. Like I said, I, I worked there. I also worked there today as well, but this morning. So here's the thing. I, I, uh, I had a really good friend, Pentelis, who, when I was in Montreal, I did his podcast and he was mentioning to me that there's some different ways to monetize, right. To, to earn revenue from your podcast. And, uh, I began, uh, applying to one of those routes and, uh, it actually seemed very, very lucrative. So here's the thing I did the, the things I needed to do. I got them the information that they needed. I verified the things they needed me to do. All of this stuff takes time and that's fine. That's part of the process. But here's the thing, as I was going through that process, um, you know, it asked me my country of residence and I said, Canada, and, uh, you know, I continued along with the process and, um, 
I actually got the go ahead from them today. And so I started doing all of the steps to set everything up. I was really excited. I actually set it all up on my end. I started doing uh, promo for it. So I created a bunch of promotion on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff and started putting it out there. I started talking to some friends about it who I knew would be interested, uh, got them to, to sign up and do what they needed to do for it. Um, all of it free for the record, all of it free. But every time someone signs up, they kick money back to the podcast. So it's a great way for somebody to get something for free, send some money to us. Everybody wins until I started checking my stats and all of the clicks that we were getting were being noticed, but none of the signups were. And that point I started doing more research and trying to figure things out. And I started emailing the, the company back and they said, Oh, this, this, uh, you know, our company has a Canadian website now, so it's not, you don't go through the .com anymore. You go through the .ca, which I noticed like Amazon, right? We click on Amazon. It redirects you to the Amazon.ca if you live here in Canada. Um, and it's like, yeah, you can, you can do that, but they don't have, uh, you know, we, we can't track your Canadian signups, which is where everyone goes. And I was like, oh, that sucks. So is there a Canadian version of this program? They go, no. But if you have podcast listeners in the States, which I do, but not many, they go, you can still do that. So basically let's put it this way. I would be advertising for them for free in the very off chance that maybe once in a while, one of my US listeners would sign up. So the idea is the amount of signups they would get from Canada because of all my Canadian listenership, I would, would do nothing for the podcast. And, you know, once in a while, one might come from the States. So, um, unfortunately I, I love all my partners and these people were very kind and everything. Um, it did, uh, it did piss me off that, um, I, I had to drag it out of them that what, you know, the country that I, I live in and podcast in where my biggest listenership is, is completely ineligible for the, the partnership. So I think if they had told me that up front and I'd made the decision then, um, that it would have been different, but the fact that they knew where I was applying from, that they never voiced it, that I had to ask them, I had to ask them a couple different ways and a few different emails to, for them to flat out go, no, you can never make money from anybody who signs up in Canada. Um, that, that was just a big, uh, a big red flag to me in the sense that, all right, well, that's not going to work for me that I'm advertising for you guys. My Canadian listeners are most of them. It's a valuable service. I'm going to be honest, it's a valuable service. Again, it's something I'll come up with a regular conversation, but because of this, I really don't feel like, um, giving them too much advertisement, but the idea is their service is great. I, I'm a subscriber to the service. Like you guys know me, I don't want to tell you to do something that, uh, I myself don't believe in, or I'm not a user of, you know? So I would hope that by now you guys know that I'm not just a fucking hired gun for, for, you know, promoting shit. I gotta, I gotta like it. I gotta believe in it and use it myself. So anywho, um, I'm disappointed because I, like I said, I spent the whole morning setting everything up and doing advertising, promoing it only to find out like, you know, and then start going into the work of trying to get that question answered because I was trying to figure out why it wasn't showing up. So regardless, not able to partner with these guys in terms of my Canadian audience. And since it's my largest audience, I'm not interested in driving traffic to their website for, for no return. You guys listen to enough advertisements and, and partners on this podcast as is. So unless someone's adding some serious value to the podcast, we don't, uh, you know, we don't need nobody else right now. All right. Seat's taken. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, that was something I did today, but, but so I, like, so saying I gained, gained a sponsor and then lost a sponsor very quickly afterwards. I didn't lose them. I just decided, you know, they lost me. That's right. Okay. They lost me. You know, you can't fire me. I quit. Of course, that doesn't exactly apply, but 
So I actually have, I have gotten to work on a new partnership with, uh, with another subsidiary of that same company, which does operate in both Canada and the U S. So I'm working on that. I will have more details, uh, in the future going forward. But, uh, as it stands, I was hoping to make a big announcement today of a new sponsor. I was so geared up and, and putting all that info in for the podcast today. And then, uh, you know, that didn't end up happening. I actually spent so much time with that. I didn't get to record the podcast before I went to work, which was my goal. But, um, anywho, that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's, that's the nature of business guys. You know, you, you'd work on things and sometimes they don't, uh, they don't come through, but I learned a lesson, you know, this is my first time dealing with a giant company. Um, I'll, I'll put it this way to you. The company that I'm working with now to try to set something up just to, to be a partner of the podcast is Amazon. So, um, I'm looking on having some links that, uh, you know, I'll tell you guys more, but I've already set the Canadian one up. I just need to set the U S one up. So basically, you know, in the future, you guys will be able to, if you want to go on Amazon and buy something, you'll be able to just go to one You click the Amazon logo and it takes you to Amazon. And now anything that you buy from Amazon, they're going to kick some back to me. And that doesn't mean that you have to go on Amazon and spend any more than you would have normally. It just means that instead of going amazon.ca, you just type in one man podcast and click the button. And now whatever you're buying on Amazon just gives us some, that's it. You're supporting your favorite podcast and you're not spending a dime more than you would normally. So that's one of the things I'm working on. I've got the Canadian uh, link set up. And then of course I've been speaking with Ryan, the web guy to make sure that instead of having to have like two buttons, one for Canadian people, one for Americans, it's just one button you click on. It automatically figures out which country, um, you're in. And then that's it. You just, you just buy the way you would normally. Um, but Amazon, uh, sends me money for driving traffic to their website. Um, the company that I was dealing with earlier that isn't exactly is, is one of the, uh, Amazon's own companies, but unfortunately their program only works for the state. So I'm totally eligible to receive the same thing as everybody else. But because all of my listeners are in Canada, you know, I would get the same things any U S you know, podcaster would get. Unfortunately, their base is probably more in their own country. Um, so it works better for them. Blah, 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 blah. Business. That's it. That's it. Business happens. It's cool, but we're moving forward. Uh, I've got some more, you know, and I'll let you guys know when that Amazon thing is, uh, is up. Um, some things to talk about this week, Mike McDonald, Canadian comedy legend, the king of Canadian comedy, as he was known, um, you know, to his peers. And of course, anyone who watched us for laughs, um, uh, passed away this week. Um, very sad for the comedy community. Um, Mike McDonald is Ottawa's own. He is right from right here in my home city of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Uh, super, super funny guy. Mike McDonald holds the record for the most just for laughs gala appearances. Uh, I believe, I believe if I'm not mistaken, right from Mikey's uh, mouth, he told me that 23 was the, uh, was the amount of them hit that in a row. I think he was going for 25. He was really hoping to make it a nice round 25. Um, but, uh, but they, they still had a, you know, they stopped, uh, what do you call it? They stopped right at the 23. I, I think it was before he was, uh, was definitely before he was diagnosed with his liver problems. Let's see if I can Google it. How many times in a row did Mike McDonald do just for laughs? Let's see if we can get it. I really have to start having these things ready. I was pretty damn sure it was 23 times. Um, but yeah, he did. Oh, he's got his own fucking Wikipedia page. Jesus, that's not too shabby. 
he was in a show, Mr. Nice Guy. I think that's the one with, uh, with what do you call it? Fuck, they've already, they've already updated his, his date of death and everything on Wikipedia. Shit happens quick. That's crazy. So let's see if it says how many times he's done, uh, done just for last comedy career. Just for last showtime. Da -da -ba -ba -da -ba. I might have done all the distinction of being the only comedian to perform at each and every just for laughs gala show. Uh, that's not true anymore. All right. I need some verification right here. Wikipedia. I'm going to go ahead and say 23. If anybody wants to correct me, that's, that's definitely open for debate, but I'm pretty damn sure it was 23 times in a row. That's guys. And that's insane. After speaking with Zoe, about people who want to do it once and the gala is the big show. That's the one that's filmed and televised. There's a lot of shows that just for us that are not Mike McDonald did them that many times. And I remember he was the first person. Mike McDonald was the first stand-up comedian that I lined up on the street in the cold to see. Because Mike McDonald, like I remember I'd seen a few shows at Yuck Yucks, but Mike McDonald, with him coming to town, he was still living in Los Angeles at the time. So it was very, very difficult to to get him to come up, you know, to Ottawa. Um, and whenever he came up, it was always very, very uh, a very big deal. Sorry, I'm mildly distracted by the people making all the noise in the hallway. Um, as usual, I bet you guys can't hear it, but it's driving me fucking crazy. Give me one quick second. I'm going to go tell them to shut the fuck up. Way more receptive than they usually are. All righty. <laughs> Thank God I learned how to hit the pause button because normally it would be like, oh, I'm going to have to go through this thing and fucking edit it. Um, but there were too many pauses in tonight's episode. Tonight? It's... it's uh falling apart here too many pauses and i think it's coming from a lot of distractions uh didn't know the name of my scotch didn't know how many times mike mcdonald did just for laughs uh roommates came home made noise ambulances go by you know i was really excited for this episode I had a lot of fun stuff to talk about but i have lost my mind with distractions and uh and unpreparedness um, but regardless, talking about Mike McDonald, guys, I, uh, I remember I went with my mom. I, I think I was 18, 17 or 18 and, um, maybe a little older. It doesn't matter. I was definitely before I was 20. And I remember that, uh, I, I, we, we lined up on the street that people were outside yuck yucks. It was fucking cold. And we were just, I was just so excited to see the guy who I'd seen for years on TV. You know, I'd only started going to comedy clubs later in life, um, you know, later in life. Well, fuck, I was still young, but, but the idea, I remember the first time Mika and I went to, to yuck yucks, we were just wandering around downtown. I think we were 17 or 18 and, um, we, they, they got, let us in. They didn't cart us or anything like that. We went in just the two of us and we saw a comedy show at yuck yucks. We're like, can't believe we're in an actual fucking comedy club. This is amazing. Like we were super, super stoked and we had such a great time. I think we decided to go back the next week. Um, I remember the first person who we saw was Bob Keel. Uh, the second person we saw was Derek Edwards and that the two shows were both so fucking amazing. Um, but it wasn't long after it was just a few months later that I remember seeing that like Mike McDonald was coming, you know, within that year, at least that's why I'm like, you know, 17, 18, whatever. Um, but uh, it, it was crazy guys. It was so much fun. He was such a, amazing energy. He had everyone eating under the palm of his hand. We weren't seeing this guy for six minutes. We were watching him for 45 minutes to an hour. Do you know what I mean? And we're just watching him just destroy the whole fucking time over and over and over. So fucking funny. And I've seen him do that countless times since. I just remember he was really nice when I met him. He, he took a picture with me, which is currently my Facebook profile picture and available on my uh, Josh Williams comedy Instagram page. But that was, that was fucking 
like anywhere between 15 and 17 years ago, that picture, which blows my mind that it's been that long. Um, but I, I've, I've had the pleasure of seeing Mike perform several times since I have had the pleasure of sharing the stage with him and sharing conversations with him. Um, it's funny. He moved home when he got sick for anyone who doesn't know he had, he got r really sick. Um, I think it was hepatitis or something like that. But again, I could be wrong. Hey, I don't have my research. And I'm not going to try, but Mike got really sick and needed a liver transplant at one point where he was, he was fading away, getting so thin, everything like that, a barely shadow of himself moved back home to Ottawa. Yeah, got, got a transplant, got on the mend, started doing shows again. Funny, 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 you know, like he'd never left. And then just, uh, and then last week, uh, some, some, I didn't even know it was happening. I actually, it was the night I walked into Canadian tire to buy those glasses. I was going up the escalator and I just, you know, doing what, doing what you, everybody does now when you're killing time, right? You whip out your phone, you look at your phone. And the first thing I saw on my Facebook, you know, newsfeed was, uh, a friend of mine, Simon Rakoff, a comic in Toronto, uh, saying like, you know, Mike McDonald from, from, you know, uh, heart complications died tonight at blow. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like it was, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, I remember Mikey was, uh, he was a funny guy, but he was, but he was a dark guy. You know what I mean? Like, a, like same thing with like a lot of comics, you know, struggled with mental illness. Um, you know, struggled with depression, things like that. And, and, uh, you know, these are not things that people talk a lot about in, in the, the media in the sense that talking about someone in particular, um, and I mean, no disrespect. I, I think all the people close to him know that I, I would mean no disrespect in saying that, but just, he struggled with that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, he, he was doing really great after his, uh, his surgery. That was about five years ago now that he had that transplant and was, was back to himself, you know, doing shows again. He did just for laughs again, another gala since his surgery. So it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I guess just, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what he was in for, but, um, you know, his heart goes, I just, just the reason I brought up the depression stuff is that Mikey would always tell me stuff like, <laughs> I remember he said to me, you remember what, you know how, you know who your friends are in Los Angeles? He goes, yeah, they're the ones who stab you in the chest. <laughs> I remember him saying that to me. And he also said to me, and this was regarding, uh, regarding gigs and when people tell you they want you to be a part of something or they want to book you or they're going to have you in their festival or something like that. Josh only holds your breath when you're underwater. Okay. <laughs> it's just, you always had something funny to say, but sometimes there's a lot of melancholy and you know, morbidity to it. I don't know. I, he was, he was a great dude. Um, I, I, I got to see him live at that, that night and yuck yucks lining up outside in the cold along with, I never, we never had to wait going to yuck yucks before there would always be it was always quick you'd always be in the stairwell you know and get in relatively quick but that that night everyone was excited big lineup um i i saw him before i'd ever entertained the notion of ever being a comic it was really cool to to see him and you know just be able to experience him like i'm glad because again part of being a comic is that you stop seeing you know, it's like my friends are all in the trades. So maybe this is the best example is that when you just get to look at a place, a structure, whatever, and go, wow, that's beautiful. Once you know how it's built and how every brick is put in place, you stop seeing it maybe as just a wondrous thing. And you start to look at the craftsmanship and that's not to say that you can't appreciate it. It just doesn't look the same. It doesn't look like a whole piece anymore. It looks like a series of pieces. And I think it was just, there's, there's a certain sense of wonder that comes along with being able to look at something in its entirety and enjoy it. You know, like my mom calls me a comedy snob because when she tells me a joke, 
I don't laugh at the parts she wants me to or expects me to, you know, when I, when, when comics hear jokes now, we sort of nod and it's almost like, you know, tasting a wine or something in the sense that you're not really just like, oh, that was, that, that was good. You're going, all right, I taste this. I t- I see how this was done. Oh, I see how they, be- oh, I like how you worded that. And I like how you turned this into like, you're, you're looking at the craftsmanship of it. And so, yeah, you don't laugh out loud because it doesn't, maybe not, it doesn't necessarily surprise you or shock you the same way as it would, but it doesn't mean you can't appreciate it. Um, but there is, uh, I kind of like the wonderment of it, you know, like a magic trick, you know, it's, it's part, it's almost at times nicer not knowing how it was done and just being able to appreciate it for what it is. I, I take very long wordy routes to things sometimes, but my, my point is I, uh, I loved seeing Mike McDonald It's very much like when I was telling you guys about the time with George Carlin, it was just, it was cool to, to still sit and wonder and just enjoy the end product as opposed to, you know, watching it with the criticism of deconstructing everything that was going on and not in a malicious way. Right. So anyways, um, rest in peace, Mike McDonald. Thank you for your years of representing, uh, Ottawa on the global comedy scene, uh, representing Canada, you know, the King of Canadian comedy, stellar dude. Um, I'm glad I, 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 it is nice to, like I said, have seen him in that wonderment. And of course, being able to share the stage with him and actually getting like, I remember I did a show with him one time and I'm not going to name the other comics in the show because they were not particularly appreciated by the crowd, but, uh, it was myself, um, doing a feature spot, not hosting, which is nice, but I was, I was on right before Mike, I was doing 20 minutes before Mike. And I remember, um, the host and the opening act were having a difficult time. It was not the best of circumstances for show. So Mike was sitting in the back, just (laughs) just listening and making his comments. I was making comments with him and Mike was agreeing with me, the things I was saying. So that just alone, when you see him sort of, you know, kind of ripping on the other comics on the show, it wasn't being rude. It wasn't rude, but just definitely, um, mentioning and underlining the, uh, the, I guess the, um, inexperience of some of the other comedians on the show. And so, I remember I came off stage after the fish spot and, and I think without being arrogant, I came, uh, I guess I, I cracked them open in terms of an audience. I turned them from being these guys like, fuck, when is this show going to be over to, oh shit, that was fun. Can't wait. I remember I came off stage and the host went back on to do a couple minutes before he brought Mike up and, uh, and Mikey just, uh, looked at me and said, Hey man, thanks for turning them into a comedy audience. I think this actually might go well now. And, uh, Again, as a guy who hasn't been doing it that long to have someone who's seen it all, uh, you know, come up and just give you a little bit of praise going, all right, you know, you, you did a good job, kid, you know, turn around and he throws me his fucking Jersey in the hallway. I don't know. It was just, it was just really cool. And then I think after the show, um, we were walking out to our cars together and he was just, he was just letting me know how, how good a job I did, how I read the room properly. Um, you know, just, uh, it was, it was just cool to have gotten that, that little bit of validation and approval from a, from a guy who was so advanced, you know, we chatted many, many times, but it was just one of those times where, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was cool to get that nod from, from such a legend. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to move past the Mike McDonald stuff guys. Cause we're hitting the hour mark and I still got lots to talk about, but, um, yeah, big loss, big loss. Um, I am such a nerd for the Marvel movies. Okay. Um, I've talked about them when the new one comes out, I go see it right away and I'm always out of fucking town. And it's going to happen again for this one. God damn it. 
but uh, new the new and final trailer for uh, Avengers Infinity War came out this week, and I must have watched it like five, six times. It's so wicked cool. Um, I'm so excited for that movie. It is the culmination of all of these Marvel movies. It's got to be like the 20th movie in a row. It's like t- it's like a TV series happening on film. All the stories go together. The stories are not getting any weaker. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait. I thought it was supposed to come out in May. It said May in the original release, and now it's coming out April 27th. And I happen to be in Kingston. So um, I wanted to go opening night. Again, something something fun to do. You know, mother, son, uh, go see the Marvel movie, but I'm out of town now. So, um, luckily I'm not going to wait fucking a week to see it. There's going to be way too many spoilers, way too many people talking about it. Um, I'm excited. If you guys uh, are the slightest bit interested in this Marvel movies, I would say check out the new infinity war trailer. It looks amazing. There's already tons of YouTube videos, about Easter eggs and stuff in it. So I'll just push that nerdiness aside. All I got to say is I am so fucking excited for Avengers infinity war. It looks amazing and it's coming out in just over a month from now. So super excited. April 27th. I'm going to get my tickets as soon as I can. All right. All right. More nerdy stuff aside. Um, I want to offer up a very big congratulations to my roommate and loudest motherfucker in the hall. Uh, Kamar Babar. He, uh, won the Alterna savings, cracking up the capital competition at absolute comedy last night, which was Monday. Uh, for me, right. Two nights ago for you guys, uh, he won, he won the spot. So what's happening now is every year crack up the capital brings out some really big comics and, uh, and then they have a competition that brings one person from the yuck yucks comedy show and one person from the absolute comedy show and gives them each six minutes at this big gala to raise money for mental health this year. My buddy Kamar Babar won the spot for the absolute comedy, uh, show. So, uh, you know, had, uh, had a, had a little drink with him last night when he got home to celebrate and, uh, and he's very, very excited. So could not be happier for him. Well-deserved. I've been pulling for him for a long time to win something like this. And now he has so 500 bucks to him, a great credit and, uh, an evening, uh, that he will certainly never forget, um, in, uh, in honor of mental health. So I, I couldn't be happier for him and, and prouder of him. So congratulations, fuckface. Uh, <laughs> um, one more thing before we move into the sponsors part of the podcast, guys, I, um, I want to, I want to come up with a name for you guys as the listeners. Um, not that it's super important or anything. I just, I think that there's sort of like a, you know, radio stations like a hot 89, nine calls their listeners, the hotties, you know, um, there's, there's, there's not to say that that's the, the motive, but just everybody's listeners and fans have sort of names, you know, believers, right. I don't know what fucking Taylor Swift's twats are called, but you know, <laughs> the twits whatever the fuck can they call them? There's names for fans. Um, and I just thought for fun, just to, just to be able to, you know, to give a noun to refer to you guys as I thought it would be fun to, um, to ask you guys to, to, to basically to have a contest. That's what I really want to do. So, um, my friend Chris had one time written, written in, uh, and he had said, I have, I have something that I want to share with the one man Um, and while I thought that was a cool name, I don't, uh, I don't think I, that's what I would call, you know, all of you as a listenership. Um, I, 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 but I would like to open up. I like that, that creativity if you guys, you know, naming it. So I don't know if you want to name yourselves as a, as a whole, or if you want to name what you would call one of the listeners, right? Like a believer 
or you know something that you can pluralize if necessary. But one mana versus refers to all of you, whereas I'd, I'd, I'd kind of like something I could call individuals. Regardless, here's what I want to do. I would love for you guys to email in. What's that email? Contact at one man podcast. I would love for you guys to email in suggestions. Then what we're going to do once, once I have uh suggestions, we'll, we'll do like one of those Facebook polls or something like that, or I'll just, or I'll read them on the show and then you guys can, can vote for which one you like best. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to ask you to work for nothing. All right. I will give a $50 gift card to a place of your choice, uh, to the winner. So all you have to do is come up with a name for the listeners, something, you know, obviously related to the the title, but, uh, I don't care if you do something based on the acronym, which is OMP for one man podcast, but play around with it, get creative. I don't, there's nothing that's not submittable. I don't even give a fuck if it's, if it's way out there, but just something, if you can think of a name for the listeners of the one man podcast, uh, you know, just, uh, just send it in contact at one man podcast.com. The, I will submit them and then you guys can all vote on them. And, uh, and the winner will get a $50 gift card for wherever you want. I will mail it to you. I don't give a fuck where you are in the world. When you win, I will contact you. You tell me where you want it for. And I will, I will do it and be nice since we're episode number 45. It would be nice for this to be something that we could, uh, we could do, uh, you know, have all done in the bag for episode number 50, right? And a little halfway to a hundred thing, nice little celebration. In fact, episode number 50 should be damn near the one year anniversary. Uh, well, yeah, of course it would be Josh 52 is 52 weeks in a year. So we'll be, we'll be damn near close to one year. Uh, I've been doing this, you know, consistently on time, every motherfucking time. So let's, uh, let's do that. All right. Email me your thoughts on what we should call, you know, uh, the, the fans, what do you guys want to call yourselves? what you'd like me to refer to you as again, too much time talking about it. You get the idea. You want to win 50 bucks for something? Nobody, nobody really jumps on board with these things. So if you come up with a name and submit it, you probably have like a one in three chance of winning a $50 gift card. All right. So get on that guys. What do you want to, what do you want to fucking call? What do you want to be called? All right. Get creative with it. So that's what it, um, what I'm working on this week and always is again, just going back, getting back to the gym and writing. I've already started writing down more premise ideas so that when we do the writer's group on Sunday, um, we're doing another one of those, uh, obviously we're, those were, those was a good time last time. going to have a good time again. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to try to get back to the gym. That's why I'm working on the, the lifting stuff. Um, I also want to work on reading every day. I've been reading, uh, my whiskey book and, uh, as much as I wanted to have a different book ready for you guys in terms of the sponsorship, that's the one I'm going with this week only because I've been just absolutely over the fucking moon with it. It's so goddamn good. Um, but I want to start reading an hour every single day, regardless of what happens the last hour, you know, by the time I get to bed, whether I'm, you know, tired or not, I don't know, fuck it, whatever. Everybody wants to read, right? It makes you smarter. So I just don't think I'm focusing on, I want to get, I want to get to the gym. I want to write, I want to read. It's so funny. I imagine as a kid, you know, if you told, if you told me as a kid that one day my goal would be reading and writing, (laughs) you know, that's what I would want out of every single day to have incorporated in. I'd laugh at myself, but that's what I want to do guys. Um, what I've been watching. So I referred to some movies and some shows I was watching guys. I started watching the show new girl because Jason was always recommending it. He was always in his room laughing and saying it was a great show. So I thought I'd check out the new girl starring Zooey Deschanel or whatever the fuck you say her name spelled Zooey instead of Zoe, but Zooey Deschanel. Um, I was, I was watching that. Um, it's funny, I guess. 
Um, I do actually, you know what? I do enjoy it. I watched several episodes. So obviously it's doing something right. Cause I'm liking it, but I find her character kind of obnoxious. Like as much as I enjoy the show, I kind of enjoy the silliness of the guys a lot more than I enjoy her silliness. I find her very whiny and annoying and a little too caricaturesque, caricature-esque. So I've been, but it's, it, it's, it's a funny show. It's a, it's a girl who lives with three dudes um, and they're all just terrible at relationships and, you know, ba- basic sitcom shit. Um, I immediately was bummed out when I found that it was a, a Fox sitcom. I thought it was something like Netflix specific or whatever, but no, it's a, it was a Fox sitcom. Excuse me. So, you know, I, uh, I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I just find her character, the new girl the, from the title, a little obnoxious. So, you know. I, I'm only still in the first season. I'm sure it develops. It was like a show that was like on for like six or seven sh- seasons. So, you know, that's, but that's what I've been watching. That's my mind numbing, falling asleep to show. I was loving love, but I, but I finished it. And, uh, now I needed a new thing to, uh, to, to mind numb to as I fell asleep. So it was new girl. Um, I also started watching, um, scream the show scream. I don't know why I watched it once, you know, a couple years back with crystal. We watched like the first episode and, uh, it wasn't anything special, but again, it is, you know, if you're expecting scream in every episode, they even basically dissect themselves, you know, as that, that movie nerd kind of from the scream series is always like explaining how it is. He's like, well, you know, slasher movies has to exist within, you know, an hour and a half. The bloodbath comes up quick and you got to have a resolution by the time the sun comes up. But you know, a series, you know, takes a long time. You got to fall in love with the characters. It's just, it's too long. So I don't know. I, I think I binged that for the most part yesterday. I was watching a lot of episodes of it, but it's, you know, it wasn't half bad. By the time it was all said and done, if you are looking for something to binge and you kind of like horror jump scares at times, it was nowhere near as good as the Scream movies. Um, like even the fourth Scream movie, which is also on Netflix, um, wasn't, wasn't really not that good. It's about the same caliber as the, uh, the show. The show really could have been any slasher. This guy's coming to kill you thing. I, I think there's a lot of things that's that benefit from just the name recognition of the things that they're brought into that have nothing to do with it. Like it really not to suggest that it should go the same direction as the other screen movies. Cause obviously those ones are, are played out, but it would have been nice to see something maybe a little bit more screamish. I actually, in the first season, I, I predicted the, uh, the killer. I had two people that I thought were the killer and the, the one I thought was the most likely to be the killer actually ended up being so, um, not super, you know, uh, whatever it was fun. It was a fun series. So if you guys want something fun on Netflix, it's not just your average vampire diaries or whatever, check out screen the series. You can, you can finish it in a day. A lot of fun. There's a second season. I'm going to fuck around with that and see what I think. But, um, I'm a, I'm a fan of the horror stuff. I started watching. So yesterday during the day, before I started watching the scream series is, uh, I started watching this movie called open house and it's a Netflix original. It has the kid from, I think he played Scott summer in X-Men days of future past. And he was in something else too, been in some stuff, whatever. He's a kid on the rise, but is a movie called open house. And, uh, I was watching a YouTube video earlier. I always have shit on the background that ends up piquing my interest, but I was watching a YouTube video, about the, you know, top, top horror flicks coming out or, or suspense movies, whatever in 2018. And this movie open house was on there. The trailer for it looked really good. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll throw it on there. Now I 
am going to okay i'll tell you what um i am going to spoil this movie but but before you fast forward you know just in case you're like oh i want to see that this movie is shit garbage um I even go, I had to Google stuff after the movie was over and be like, did I miss something? Cause I was doing work and, and it was on the background. So I'm like, did I miss something that made this movie good? And then I read all these reviews that were like this movie's shit, like m- reviews that are like Forbes magazine and stuff like that of like reviewing shit. And everyone was like, how did Netflix miss the mark? So fucking bad on this one. So movie is called open house. It's uh, a son and a mother, you know, the, well, there's a father too, but the dad, gets hit by a car or something like that, you know, on, on a trip, the son and the dad go to the convenience store. Dad gets hit by a car leaving the convenience store. The mother and son have to move out to this house, which I wasn't paying attention, but I, but it could have just not been in the plot. They moved to this house in the middle of nowhere. I don't even remember who left it to them or whatever, but they need to sell it. You know, it's not even like, it didn't even make sense. Like if the, like if the father and the mother and the son lived there, but then the dad dying, they couldn't afford it. So they had to put the hope that the house being an open house for sale is a big driving part of the plot. Um, but the idea is that like, you don't know, I guess, oh, for fuck's sakes, it doesn't make any sense. Trying to make sense of that fucking movie. The point is, is they go out to this house. They have to sell it. So they, they put an open house. They have an open house and Things start going weird. They meet they meet the the neighbor one night who like knows too much about them, and you know they're hearing things around the house. And the kid's got like having some like visions of his dad or whatever. So like it's one of those ones that's almost like if you've ever seen the movie What Lies Beneath with Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford, where it's like something seems like a haunting, then there's like a murderer, then there's like the scary neighbor next door, like all these all these elements that really worked well in the movie What Lies Beneath. In this, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, none of this makes any sense. And then, and these scenes just keep happening for nothing. Um, at the end of the movie, you finally, things actually start going down. Like someone who comes to help them, you know, ends up getting murdered. Then, then the kid, like, you know, uh, his mother, the kid gets knocked out when he finds the body and the guy like pours gas all over him, but like leaves him in the driveway, doesn't light it or anything, just leaves him in the driveway. Then the guy goes upstairs, ties the mother to a chair. And this part was like so upsetting and unnecessarily graphic. This guy just ha- like ties the mother to a chair, grabs her hands, you know, and he's like holding her hand. And then you slowly see him separate one of her fingers from the rest of her hand. And then I was like, oh fuck, he's going to break her finger. Boom, busts her finger. I was like, Jesus Christ. Then he slowly gets the next finger, breaks it. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Stop, stop. Like that's, that's a lot. And he just, you, they basically make you watch him break every single one of her fingers. So fucking graphic and unnecessary. Like the whole movie is long way into the movie when this happens. Nothing was so graphic in the movie. And I'm like, do you have, do, do I really have to just sit here and listen to this woman being fucking tortured? Like just having every, like you couldn't just be like snap two of them and then see him getting ready to do the third and you come back and like fucking both of her hands are mangled. Like again, he broke every one of her fingers. You're actually listening to him break every one of her fingers. Still don't see who this guy is, assuming he's a guy. It's 2018. Why do you think he's a guy? Why do you even assume that guy identifies as a guy, Josh, you fucking asshole? All right, sorry. Um, the point is, fucks with the mother. Kid wakes up in the driveway, goes upstairs to find his mom. She's fucking on the floor now fell out of the chair no he's just left her there this guy's just left her there left the kid left the mom mom picks the fucking 
kid up or the kid picks his mom up and he starts running around. Then this guy grabs the, like catches the kid somewhere down in the fucking kitchen or whatever, knocks him down and then like reaches into his eyeball and pulls out his contact lenses. Now the kid can't see. I don't, I don't remember ever seeing this kid put in his contact lenses, but the fact that this guy knows the kid is wearing them and takes them out and then lets them go. So now the kid's running around outside in the dark, like blind, can't see anything. Chase, chase, chase. Finally, the kid like seemingly makes it out okay. Makes it down to the like the river, or whatever. He's drinking out of the river. And then he turns around. The guy's standing there. He's like, "No, no, please, please, don't hurt me, don't hurt me." Don't. And it just cuts away. And then it's like showing all these scenes from around the house, like different shots of nothing happening. And then you just see the kid's dead, the kid's body just laying there, eyes open, dead by the side of the river. And you're like, "Okay, so he killed the kid." And then you just see this truck driving down. Like you, don't, you still don't see this guy's face for the record. Don't see this guy's face. And then at the end of the movie, it's, you know, seconds later after it shows the kid's body died, it shows this truck driving down the road and then it stops and decides to turn down this road. And as the camera pans back, you see that on this road, there's a sign leading towards this house and it says open house. And that's the movie. So everything in the movie, um, the, the plot and the characters growth, everything like that, everybody dies. And the only thing that you learn about this movie is the fact that there's some guy, I guess, because you never see who the killer is, goes around to open houses, goes in, finds these, sees the house, and then eventually starts tormenting, torturing, and then killing whoever's having the open house. No motive, no knowing who it is, nothing to piece anything together. So all this time learning characters, whatever, they're all just going to die anyways, you know, and then nothing. So that was, that was the movie open house, giant piece of horse shit. Um, waste of two hours, good production value. Honestly, it was really good production value. Um, but a waste of fucking time, pointless. And everyone, all the reviews that I read were like, this is a big piece of shit movie. So there you go. There's me spoiling a movie. I've asked, (laughs) I've asked you fuckers. I don't know what to call you yet. Right. We're waiting in the contest, but I've asked y'all motherfuckers to tell me whether you want me to spoil a movie or not spoil a movie. And, uh, since I haven't heard anything. I spoiled one. Let's see how much shit you give me. And if you don't give me shit, well, then I'll just, maybe I'll just spoil movies from now on. Regardless, uh, I, I don't think I'd do that. I don't have the heart to do that. But this movie, like I said, suspenseful, scary moments, sounds in the middle of the night, big fucking house. Like it, it, it had the potential. There's even one scene where you see like, it's a really good shot of the woman like, like laying in bed, looking over at her night table, like next to her. And in the background, all you see is the silhouette sit up in bed next to her that, that obviously shouldn't have been there. Just some really great scares, but, um, all for nothing. No idea who this guy is. No idea what his motive is. No idea how he knows the things he knows, but, uh, but yeah, kills everybody. And, uh, and then just drives to the next place. Oh, another open house time to kill another bunch of people, I guess. So stupid fucking movie. Um, Netflix has got rid of their star system a long time ago. So you can't just fucking give it no stars. Or one star. Eh, either way. So that's, uh, that's what I did for this, uh, this last week, guys. Ah, great times. Great times. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we're like fucking almost, wow, an hour and 20 in. And I, you know, I, like I said, I had a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about this week. I was excited. I'm, and I'm in a really good mood as much as I'm bitching about that movie or whatever. I'm in a, I'm in a good mood today was a, was a bit of a frustrating day. And I don't know if maybe I'm riding some of the waves of that, uh, that energy, just the fact that. You know, um, I'd worked, I'd worked real hard on that, uh, that, uh, first sponsor today, getting it ready or whatever. Um, and then, you know, uh, 
shit happens, you know, but lesson learned. And I figured I actually picked a great article for us to read today from my partners at Portable Press, Uncle John's Bathroom Readers. All about internet and websites and things like that. Cause everything on the web, it's not as just easy peasy cut and dry as it may seem sometimes. So this is an article from uncle John's heavy duty bathroom reader for my partners at portablepress.com. This article is called dot bombs. Today we are sorry. Today we take buying things over the internet for granted, but the concept of e-commerce was brand new in the 1990s as billions of dollars were invested in new internet companies and nearly all of them fizzled. Some because they were ahead of their time, others simply because they were bad ideas. Here's a look at some of the biggest internet busts. Company, flues.com. Product, internet currency, which we're sort of seeing again now, right? With, uh, what do they call them? Not, yeah, bit, bitcoins, yes, and that other one. Ethereum or something like that, but uh, what do they call them? Cryptocurrencies, that's what they call them. Uh, loading. Most Americans do at least some online shopping or bill paying today, but in 1998, people were scared and skeptical, uh, skeptical about giving a credit card number over the internet. So flues.com conceived a safe internet currency. Consumers were supposed to go to flues.com, F-L-O-O-Z.com, enter in their credit card number and buy internet money or flues which could then be used to pay for purchases at online merchants. Based on that concept, Flues secured 34 million from investors and agreements with Tower Records, Barnes & Noble, Restoration Hardware, and other retails to accept Flues as legal tender on their websites. File not found. So that's basically, by the way, the format of this particular article. They go loading, and then file not found is what ended up happening. So file not found. A large percentage of Flues' budget went to TV commercials starring celebrity spokesperson Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> She's the face of what I think currency is, but the idea never quite caught on as people became more comfortable with buying things over the internet. And as major retailers started securing credit card data with a new, nearly impenetrable data disguising system called encryption, a few thought it was necessary to buy special or sorry, few thought it was necessary to buy special online money. Flues flopped on August 26, 2001, after which all outstanding flues and 34 million investors money turned to dust. Company, webvan.com, product, groceries, loading. The service offered by this internet-based company was both old and new. Home delivery of groceries, which was once common but hadn't been offered since the mid-20th century, when Americans started switching from local grocers to chain supermarkets. In Webvan's business models, groceries would uh, be offered off the internet and arrive at the customer's home via a nearly fully automated uh, process. Uh, in brackets here or parentheses, the van still required people to drive them. It seemed like a great idea to a lot of people. Webvan raised and spent more than $1 billion using the funds to expand outside of its San Francisco home area to eight more cities in just over a year. More of the money went to computerized warehouse facilities where orders were automatically boxed, sorted, and loaded onto delivery trucks. By mid-2000, webvan.com was valued at $1.2 billion and announced plans to expand into 18 more metropolitan areas. File not found. E-commerce may have changed many elements of business, but it did not change the fact that a company needs a certain number of customers, sorry, customers, customers to turn a profit. That's what happened when your brain's five words ahead. Um, Webvan looked good to investors, but it expanded too fast. Furthermore, grocery profit margins are very slim, not enough to cover 1 billion worth of state-of-the-art distribution centers. Webvan spoiled in July 2001, its share having, sorry, its share price having dropped from $30 to 6 cents in a matter of months. The brand name, not the company, resurfaced in 2009 as a member of the Amazon family. Uh, company MVP.com, product, sporting goods, loading. 
The company had a lot going for it as its 1990, sorry, at its 1999 launch. Sorry, I'm having a little bit of issue today, I guess. Uh, its investors included beloved sports icons and seasoned product endorsers, such as quarterback, John Elway, basketball, superstar, Michael Jordan, and hockey icon, Wayne Gretzky. That seemed like a big advantage for a company selling sporting goods online. Another advantage, MVP.com had a lucrative advertising deal, a four-year contract with CBS television in which the online merchant got consistent ad time during the broadcasts of CBC's highly watched NFL games. In return, CBS got an equity stake in the company with a guaranteed annual payout of $10 million. File not found. But just a year later, MVP.com failed to pay CBS its $10 million because it didn't have the $10 million to pay. Uh, in fact, the company never turned a profit. Marketing experts say that advertising deal was ill-conceived. Sports spectators are not necessarily sports participants. When they didn't receive their cut, CBS voided the contract and canceled all of MVP.com's uh, future advertising. MVP.com was KO'd at the end of 2000. Its address, www.mvp.com, was taken over by Sportsline, a new sports sorry, a new sports news service managed by CBS. Oh yeah. And that my friends is dot bombs from portablepress.com. My partners at uncle John's bathroom readers. Uh, and the two running feet on these pages were it takes 50 pounds of olives to produce one gallon of olive oil. Uh, it's very similar to uh, maple syrup. It's funny, it takes 50 pounds of olives to produce one gallon of olive oil. And the other one says, Made Guys, 27 actors from the movie Goodfellas also appeared on The Sopranos. So that was funny. Um, this week, well, who's my other partners, guys? We know who they are. Absolute Comedy. Um, I'm going to give you guys a little uh, plug here. This coming week, so when you're going to hear it in Ottawa, one of my favorite, favorite comedians, amazing, fucking hilarious writer. Not to say that all the comics aren't great, but I do have to give this guy a special plug. His name is David Pride. If you are listening to uh, the episode, guys, anytime this week where you can still make it to the club, um, check out absolutecomedy.ca to make your reservations for uh for a show here in ottawa see david pride if you can check the check the calendar whatever city you're in because if david's here he's likely going to be showing up at the other clubs kingston and toronto in the near future as well uh don't miss david pride he's performed at just flash festivals many many times a regular on cbc's the debaters an amazing writer super super funny guy uh check him out for the rest of you just uh check out absolute comedy when you can and enjoy their little promo Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. Oh, yeah, the best. Live stand-up comedy from across North America, absolutecomedy.ca. Um, I also uh, still very excited. No, uh, no more news yet on when Summer's Bee Watermelon is coming out, but I promise you guys, you will be the first to know. The sun gives life to the orchard. 
The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you, if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now, you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on, and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Ah, your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. Doodly boop bop beep bop bow, and we're back! Oh, and my other sponsors, you know the ones, guys. My Spartner, Spartners, <laughs> my partners at DK. They are Spartan warriors, I will say that, of the reading word. Word, world, I'm really off, guys. Maybe I'm going to have a stroke soon. Everything's just starting to slur my speed. The right side of my face is getting all fuzzy. Um... My partner's at DK, Dorling Kindersley, guys. I am loving the book. I got to talk about it. I got to talk about it. One sec. Everything's out of reach tonight. Everything's out of reach. Just too far. Got it. God damn it. Ugh. Except for the curse words. The curse words are always right at the tip of my tongue. My DK book by Michael Jackson. Not the pop singer, but the alcoholic. Um, I am reading my whiskey book from DK. It is called Whiskey, the Definitive World Guide. Um, just lets you know all about Scotch bourbon whiskey. And it is the new edition, new edition released, um, years after the original, the, uh, original writer of this book, Michael Jackson, you know, this is a white guy. It makes me think of that Simpsons episode. You're not Michael Jackson. You're a white guy. I'm Michael Jackson, the, uh, Scotch aficionado. This guy was like, apparently ahead of his time and such a huge, you know, just lover of, of the craft of, of, you know, whiskey and, and spirits and of course writing. So he made it like fun to read about, you know, drinks and stuff like that. Um, but he passed away in 2007, uh, and they have since gotten, uh, just expert, uh, connoisseurs, enthusiasts. Um, what's a fucking name? Not sommeliers, that's for wine, but just basically aficionados all over the world, um, amazing their craft to, to basically write in this book and, and make it deeper into it. So I'm, uh, I'm almost done, but I got to tell you guys, as, as I've been getting more and more interested in scotches, I've had questions to just to learn more about different parts of the process and what makes one better than another. What's the different areas? What are they made with? Like, I, I got to tell you, this book is fucking awesome. Even just different glasses and things like that, that they drink whiskey out of and how it, how it makes the tasting experience different. Um, I, but I have to say like you, you learn, there's so much we learned in this book and I'm not gonna be able to describe it all right now, but I've learned lots of different things about whiskeys in terms of the different processes that they make them, um, from the different regions, you know, the, the process of making things from different regions and the type of, of peats and, and spring water and things like that, that come from the different areas. Um, how in the, the States, something has to be, so for example, States is known, they do whiskeys there, but they're known primarily for their bourbons, right? So Kentucky, Tennessee, 
and bourbons have to be made with 51% uh, corn corn base as their grain, um, as opposed to rye that have to be like you know 51% uh, wheat. So it's it's really cool to learn little things like that. It's just little things, um, how different things that they do in the barrel. So why they use oak, right? Everything has to be oak barrels. A lot of different woods, um, but everything has to be you know. Uh, oak. So for example, for a bourbon, a bourbon can only legally be called a bur- bourbon if it's 51%, you know, uh, corn-based and it has to be aged um, in oak or sorry. Yeah. In, in brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new oak barrels. So you cannot age a bourbon in a barrel that's been used before. It has to be brand new. What they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll fry the sides of the barrels you know, to help bring out the taste when you pour the liquid in, right? It pulls all that new woody taste out. And oak is a very porous wood, but it's also very, uh, very, you know, uh, what is it? It's hard, but flexible, porous, but, uh, ah, fuck, I can't remember the other one that they called it. But the idea is that like you can roll these things around, you know what I mean? Um, whereas scotches, right? With scotch and whiskey, they are typically not used to, like, you have to, you have to use a used barrel. They don't put them in brand new ones. They usually will take them from things and typically that have sweeter notes too. So like sherry, like that have been used to bottle sherry or wines or things like that. Um, so sweeter or sorry, I think this is in bourbon. So they'll use like, um, yeah, they use, it's, it's a very interesting process. And a lot of places are starting to use, instead of using like barley and stuff like that, um, they're using like quinoas and they're experimenting with new kinds of, of grains and stuff like that for the malting process. Um, there's, uh, you know, they're telling, they're talking about the different kinds of barley that they've used over the years. Cause originally barley was, you know, used to feed people as well, but you know, as, as people move to different kinds of wheats and stuff like that, the barley was still used generally speaking for, for the you know, the, the whiskeys and over the years, they've had to play around with different kinds of whiskey, uh, you know, uh, sciences behind the barley to, you know, uh, yield more and to create different, different, uh, I guess heads is the best thing I could think of for the barley itself. Um, so they've been playing it so funny. They have one called the golden promise because there was like, a there was a very th- a sparse set series of years. Um, and so they had to make something called golden promise. That was, um, you know, a, a barley that had way more plentiful, um, you know, grains and malts on it. And, uh, yeah, basically now, now they're saying that the golden, you know, promise hasn't been used for years cause it's ever since they've had way more come out and, and they've engineered even better, but it was one that was like, you know, they were worried about something bad happening again. They, they had golden promise come out and it was basically, they never had that issue ever again. And it's since been engineered even better, but it's just, it's really cool shit to learn about the process of it, to learn where peat comes from, right? Cause peat is like, uh, it's like an a organic fuel source, which is basically like mossy vegetation that's all been pressurized or whatever. And it comes out like they cut it out of the ground. Scotland has got like the biggest resource of it on, on earth. I think it was something like four, I can't remember, 40, 40 square miles of it or something like that. Um, unbelievable. It's like there's shitloads of it and it cuts out of the ground. It comes out with the texture of like wet brownie and then it has to dry and they use that to dry the, uh, dry the malt when it's all done. Right. So they, they, they burn the, the peat and that's where the smokiness and stuff like that comes from, from scotch as they're drying the, the malts. There's so much shit to learn. You know, they're talking about how there's all sorts of new 
uh, distilleries and things like that coming up around the world that are, that are experimenting with new things. There's lots of new flavors being added to whiskeys, which in truth doesn't make them whiskey anymore. They're saying that they, you know, they call themselves whiskeys, but they're not whiskeys because of these fundamental, all whiskeys have three ingredients. Uh, what is it like the, the, the malt yeast and water. And that's like, that's it. That's it. A few places I was mentioning this earlier, but a few places have been, uh, saying it was saying in the book that, that some, um, some scotch whiskey, uh, they will add coloring to, uh, might not have been the scotch. It might've just been some whiskeys, but they'll add coloring to, which I don't like the idea of, right? The color is a good indicator of how, how it's going to taste. But, uh, I digress. I I'm absolutely loving this book. They sent it to me for my birthday. When I, when I originally said that I was interested in, in learning about, you know, whiskeys and I was getting into whiskey drinking, they, they sent me this book as a gift. I'm absolutely loving it. If you like you know, whiskey and drinks and things like that. Um, and you want to learn more. There's so much cool stuff in here. And I, I barely scratched the surface of what I was talking about, uh, or sorry of this, of this book. Like I've only talked about a little bit of the stuff in this book, but there's so much really cool things. Like I said, they talk about all the different woods and, and different woods that they're playing with the, the, like the, what is the water, whether the water's hard or soft, like all of these things, if you really enjoy it, you can learn about, they talk about, uh, even different kinds of like, production methods that some places have tried just to see if it makes a difference. They've actually shot whiskey barrels into space to see if like, like they've sent them into orbit. All right. They didn't lose them. They sent them into orbit to see if, uh, it would make a difference in the taste based on gravity. You know, like if gravity changed the maturing process, some interesting facts like, um, the spelling, you know, is it uh, W H I S K K E Y or just K Y? And apparently, it just has to do with with certain areas and how they they transferred the uh, or, or sort of translate the Gaelic in it. Um, whiskey itself means uh, water of life. If you didn't know that already, um, so very very cool info in there. And of course, for something to be considered uh, Scotch whiskey. It has to have been uh, made entirely in Scotland, and it has to have aged at least three years in Scotland. So it's in the barrel, has to have been made in Scotland, and it has to have been, uh, you know, aged for at least three years in Scotland. I guess I can just go for a trip after that, but that's that's the only way it can legally be considered Scotch. And um, I believe it has to be single, but there are blended whiskeys. But in order in order for it to be a Scotch, it has to be a single malt. Um, made entirely in Scotland and aged for three years in Scotland. Uh, but there you go. Anyways, so th there's a million more things I could tell you, but you know what? If, if, if I'm sure I've lost the interest of a lot of people who aren't Scotch drinkers, but, uh, I, I gotta tell you, if you have any, uh, you know, interest in, in the drink, this book is awesome. And I, I, you know, I will, I will tell you more when I finish it, I will give you more information on it if you're interested, but I, uh, what an amazing gift from my partners at DK. I love this book. As always, if you go on Facebook or Twitter, I will have a link to get your own copy of this. Um, but an, just a, a wicked book. If you enjoy drinking and spirits and things like that, you should have this book. There's so much information in it and it's got a great guide of all the new things happening. This book was originally released in 2007, I believe, uh, or I think 2005. And then it was released again in uh, 2015. So the, the people have added a lot. The author died in 2007. That's where I'm getting the 2007 from. So they've updated it with all the new things coming out um, because there's been a lot of changes in the world of distilleries and whiskeys and things like that since 2005. So they've preserved his works from the first one and added more as more regions uh, 
you know, come up. So there's lots of talk about all over the different the places, the world distilleries and, and fun things people are doing with whiskeys, the history of it, all sorts of fun stuff. Cannot recommend whiskey, the definitive world guide more. So uh, thank you, my partners at DK for sending this to me. And I hope uh, any of you guys who pick it up, enjoy it. I'd love to know your thoughts on it when you're, uh, when you're done reading it as well. Um, and that gets into what's coming up this week. So thank you to all my sponsors. Um, this week I, uh, I'm off tomorrow. So no predetermined work. So I am going to write tomorrow. I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow and uh, sorry, that's, that's today. While you guys listen to this, I'm going to be, hopefully I am at the gym or writing while you're listening to this, sending you guys good vibes, hopefully getting some, some good vibes back and, uh, and working on making it a regular thing. I got to find what time of the day works for me. I also, I'm going to go to a, uh, I think it's called a CODA meeting about codependency. Um, they happen on Wednesday night. There's one just down the street from where I live. I've never been to one, but, um, I, I guess, I don't know if that stuff's supposed to be like AA or whatever, but my intention is to go there and just sort of learn some things, um, work on some of the, the dark shit inside that maybe makes me keep, uh, keep, you know, going back to that food. Well, every now and again, it's not that I overeat. I just eat when I don't need to, you know, and obviously if I'm not doing the other stuff I need to do to, to make myself right, I don't know. Fuck it. I'm going to go to a codependency meeting. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to share some stories. I'm going to try to better myself. All right. That's what I'm going to do. Um, you know what I love is I'm looking at my sheet here Thursday. I have nothing. I don't have a shift. I don't have to do anything on Thursday and I'm so happy. So I hope just more, more day of doing good stuff for myself. Friday, I work, uh, at the mobile shop. And then I'm going to go hang out with, I actually don't work on the mobile shop. I work uh, doing a tasting on Friday. Looking forward to that Saturday, fucking nothing on my calendar, nothing, a Saturday off. Amazing. You know, Sunday, I'm looking forward to it because I'm doing stuff with the writer's group. That's going to be amazing. So writer's group on Sunday, I work my last shift at the mobile shop before I'm a free man, got my walking papers. And then, uh, the absolute comedy staff party is, is Sunday night. We're going to go for dinner. We're gonna go to bowling for some reason, but fuck it. I'll, uh, I'll do it for the story and hopefully have some fun stories for you guys next week, Monday, Tuesday, nothing on the docket. So again, just self-love writing, working out, eating right. Oh man, gray skies are gonna clear up and we got a bright future ahead. I know those aren't the words. Um, so now it's time for your emails, guys. Emails. Love getting your emails. Contact at onemanpodcast.com. Let me know what you thought about this episode. We're an hour and 40 minutes in. It's probably going to be one of the longest episodes I've had in a long time, and I hope it has been entertaining throughout. Um, somehow managed to keep my voice. Uh, it hurts. <laughs> my throat is sore, but uh, I loves it. I love talking to you guys. I got an email, first time emailer, long time, forever, all time listener. I got to call it all time because he's been listening since day one. My roommate, Kamar. So congratulations to him once again for uh, for winning that spot at the Alterna Savings, cracking up the Capitol show coming up uh, later this month. Kamar writes, hey, Josh and listeners. By the way, I've read his email when he sent it in and he's not writing to me. He's writing to you. Uh, through me. So there'll be many times where he just refers to me as if I'm not even here, but here goes. Hey, Josh and listeners, I've always wanted to hear my fucked up life read by Josh in my ears to remind me what an idiot I can be. So here goes. Despite Josh and his never ending praise of me, he neglected to mention that I went to Cuba. I know it was hard for him to lose someone so close to him. Our rooms are next to each other. And I was disheartened to hear, uh, in his account of his week past, he, fa uh, he failed to mention my departure. Alas, I did go on said vacation and came to a startling revelation upon my journey. I am able to drink an irresponsible amount of alcohol and impact my life in ways I wish I was not able to. The flight was pedestrian for, for uh, four hours. 
I don't know if it's supposed to be a comma there, like four F-O-R hours or F-O-U-R hours. Anyways, the flight was pedestrian four hours, boarding to leaving customs in Cuba. Um, oh, leaving, you do customs in Cuba, whatever. I think it's, I think it's four, what, a four hour flight from here to Cuba is what you're saying. The locals were eager to sell local beer at an exorbitant price because apparently riding on a tour bus is cool with Cuban officials and possibly encouraged. Um, anyways, we checked into our villa, Tortu- checked in at Villa Tortuga, uh, as I was traveling with a female companion who has been the object of my desire for too long to mention, we were both giddy with excitement of what the week would bring. Unfortunately, upon arriving at our room, we discovered the air conditioning was not working after complaining and negotiation with the staff. We were granted a new room, but not until the next day, we had a couple of drinks and retired to bed, resolved to make the best of the week to come in the morning. We awoke and changed rooms as had been the agreed solution to the air conditioning issue. After settling into our new accommodations, which were more spacious and included a second floor balcony and amenities our last room did not have, we proceeded to bounce back between the bar at the beach and the bar at the pool. Needless to say, I consumed a fair share of alcohol. After 5 p.m., it's anyone's guess as to what happened. The next thing I remember is I'm lying on a luggage cart covered in blood, screaming, I think I broke my ankle and I don't know my room number, in the middle of the hotel lobby. After a difficult exchange with the host hotel concierge figuring out my room, because of course these people speak Spanish, my better half was summoned with a special request to bring shorts because I was also naked. <laughs> to say my girl was upset would be an understatement. I hobbled away and in the morning realized that in my stupor, I thought I had locked myself out, uh, out on the balcony and decided the only solution was dropping 20 feet to safety. Upon making a less than successful landing, I, f- I was found by hotel security and brought to the lobby in a less than desirable position, <laughs> naked on the luggage rack. Um, so that was the first 24 hours <laughs> of his vacation. And I challenge your listeners to top that beginning of a vacation. Um, I would love to tell you about the rest of the trip, but I have to go to work and this essay was written with haste. So I apologize for my punctuation and grammar. If your listeners would like to see pictures, Oh, now you're talking to me. Uh, if your listeners would like to see pictures of the trip, refer them to at Kamar Babar on Instagram, K A M A R B A B A R on Instagram, Kamar Babar on Instagram. If they would like to hear how the rest of the trip went, they should write in and ask you to have me on the podcast day four. When I flooded the hotel was a doozy. Uh, Oh, flooded the hotel room. Um, you've already been on the fucking podcast. All right. And this is the most interesting story that you've told in our presence. Um, I hope the story of shame and embarrassment helps provide content for your weekly podcast. Keep up the work the good work, Josh and listeners. Remember to rate the podcast and leave a review. Let's get this podcast really successful. So Josh can finally focus on his comedy and weight loss. Cause let's face it. The world would not be as funny without him. Oh, that's sweet of you. PS Josh, that banging your head against the wall. Oh yeah. That ba- Josh, that banging your he- that you hear against the wall is not me rubbing one out. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, who knows about that? Who knows about that? Thanks for running in tomorrow. I appreciate it, buddy. Um, hope you're having a wonderful day at work. Contact at one man podcast.com guys. I love hearing your stories. I love hearing what's going on with you. And, uh, that's me. I Kamar showed me that video of the, of how high the balcony was that he dropped down from, but I can just, <laughs> just be so drunk. The next thing you know, ah, <laughs> I broke my ankle. I don't know if my room is naked on a luggage rack, <laughs> naked. That's the part I don't get. How, how does getting naked help you fall to freedom safer or faster or more successfully? Um, 
Thank you, of course, everyone, all my sponsors, PortablePress.com, Absolute Comedy, DK Books, and Summersby. Always appreciate having you guys there. I love the partners that make my life easy and not the ones that don't work in Canada. Um, as you guys know, I'm available. Uh, I am available. I'm available. I'm out there. Take me. Uh, you guys can find everything from the podcast on, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. It's all one man podcast. Um, so just search it. So it's search field, one man podcast, and then follow us or like us or, you know, subscribe because there's content out there and I would love to be more of a part of your life. I would like to steal more of your precious time than I already do. Um, you guys are the best. Always love talking with you. Sorry. This week's episode was so long. I hope it's enjoyable to listen to. Um, I look forward to having some real great stories and info for you guys next week. In the meantime, enjoy your weeks. Know that I love you very much and I can't wait to hear from you. Talk to you soon. Bye.